we've all all grown up. We made it here today, right? And things have happened. You know, big things, little things, important things, not important things, but all of those things have kind of accumulated into the person that you are today. And magic doesn't exist. So the past is the past. There's nothing we can do about that. We can't change the past. But what we can do is not be stuck looking in the rearview mirror. A lot of times we're looking back for what can we fix? What can we change? What can we adjust? When there's some really major things, like if you call that person or do that thing that scares you a little bit, it actually gets you free from those things in the past. So you can stop looking just completely in the past and look out into the future and start to create something new as possible. What's up, my friend, and welcome back to another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. I'm your host, celebrity trainer and high-performance health coach, Ted Rice. This is a podcast for men and women who are looking to boost their energy and upgrade their health. So get ready to learn proven health, fitness, and mindset strategies to unlock your full potential. And unlocking your full potential is all about what this episode is going to cover today. For example, would you like to be a better leader Would you like to be more innovative in your approach to solving problems in your life, career, and or business? You would, right? We all do. But what does leadership or being a good leader even mean? What does being innovative mean? How do we have more innovation? What does that mean? So many people pay lip service to these terms. That's why I'm super excited to have my friend, Sterling Hawkins on the show today. Sterling is an absolute rock star. He speaks all over the globe on these topics, and we're going to get you clear on what being a leader really means, even if you're not leading a company. How do you lead your family better? How do you lead your children better? How do you lead your community better? Whatever the level of leadership that you're currently in, because we're all in a leadership position of sorts in our lives, you're going to learn how to step into that role with greater power, and you're going to understand how to become better. And as far as innovation is concerned, you're going to learn the truth behind what it takes to change from who you are now to that person who embraces discomfort. So if you're one of the people who are having trouble embracing the uncomfortable decisions that you have to make in life, whether it's just having that uncomfortable conversation with your boss or or perhaps a, a family member, or whether it's something greater, maybe you're an entrepreneur struggling with how to achieve greater success, not just financially, but just more fulfillment and satisfaction and and changing more lives with your business. Well, Sterling and I are going to get into that today, and I'm so excited to have him on the show. Let me tell you, uh, Sterling is someone who I met at Rhythmia and uh, in Costa Rica, and he's someone who I immediately connected with, and we're going to share the story of how that happened and why it's important for you to start connecting with other like-minded individuals as well. All that and more in today's episode. And before I get to today's episode, before we launch into that conversation, I want to ask you, are you hopping about from workout to workout or nutrition program to nutrition program? Did you just decide at the beginning of the year that you would avoid eating junk food? Or maybe you signed up to a boxing class, a Pilates class, a yoga class, and and, and a spinning or soul cycle class because you're like, I'll do all of this exercise and I'll just stop eating junk food as your approach. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you want to get clear on the principles, the underlying principles behind how nutrition works, behind how exercise works so that you can get consistent results and you can avoid hitting that plateau, that frustrating plateau where you're like, oh, maybe I'll change classes. Maybe I'll eat less junk food or maybe I'll add more acai or spirulina into my diet or drink bulletproof coffee. If you want to avoid all those pitfalls, all those quick fix traps, then go to my masterclass. Go to legendarylightpodcast.com slash free and watch my masterclass now. It will get you crystal clear on the steps that you need to 
to take to achieve that next level of health. So without further ado, let's step into this conversation with Sterling Hawkins. Sterling Hawkins, thanks for coming on and doing this, man. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, great to be with you. Me too. Thanks for having me on. And just to give people some background about how we know each other, you and I went to Costa Rica and attended Rhythmia, uh, which I've been talking about for a while on the podcast. And we're not going to go too deep into that experience because it it would totally dominate um, our conversation today. Although I think it is important when we get into how to level up your life, we, we can talk a little bit about it. Um, but you and I, we went there, we were both very skeptical and, um, I did feel a connection with you that, that first conversation that we had, but you and I have become friends afterward. And what's really interesting about that, I didn't know much about you at Rhythmia. I just was feeling your energy, right? Just connecting with a vibe you had for, for, uh, for lack of a better term, but come to find out afterward, you're into, you're, you're this high level speaker. You're speaking around the world. Um, and, and not for an inexpensive fee either. <laughs> and you're talking about innovation. You're talking about change and you're passionate about so many things that I'm passionate about. And it was just so awesome to have that connection with you apart from your professional persona and what you do. And then to find out like you're into all this amazing stuff. It, it was such a, a beautiful discovery. Yeah, it really was. And I felt the exact same way. I didn't know all the things you were doing in the podcast world and like what a great human being you are. But as you said, you just kind of vibe with it. You're like, wow, here's a really great person. And getting to know you was just awesome. And I think we were also in an environment that set the stage for that, you know, rid me and all the conversations there and how open people are. I really gave us a chance to connect, but I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And just to give people some background mm-hmm. um, in case my explanation w- wasn't quite uh, thorough enough, can you talk a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So I run workshops and speak about transformational leadership and innovation. What is that? It's really giving people the ability or empowering people with the ability to actually create change in their businesses, of course, and also in their personal lives. Because these things, as I'm sure we'll get into, really dovetail together. Um, my background is that of an entrepreneur. I, I tell people, I've never had a real job in my life. And I would not recommend that to people. You know, I've, I've had really high highs and some really low lows. And I've sold some companies before. And I've been through a couple of uh, companies that have, have collapsed. And it's all been this incredible learning experience, right? But I package it up into, well, how do the companies that succeed, how do the people that succeed actually create new visions, create new companies for all of us? And what are the learnings that we can take from that leadership and apply to our own businesses? And that's what I'm speaking about. Yeah, very cool. And we we had this conversation already, but I want to dive into it again and talk about like, Where do you see people right now? Where are they stuck in their lives? Why is transformational leadership so important? Well, I think we have to look at leadership and what it looks like, because it's a little bit of a buzzword these days. You know, everybody wants to be a leader. and, And we, as a culture, can idolize some of these really hotshot entrepreneurs, right? Like a Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Like, oh, my God. It's the, the real Iron Man in real life, right? And it took something for them to get there. They, sure, we can classify as leadership, but when they started or when you look at leaders throughout history, when they started, they're different people, right? Elon Musk was not the Elon Musk that we know today 20, 30 years ago. They started somewhere. You look at other leaders. One of my favorite stories is Martin Luther King, right? He was not the Martin Luther King that we remember these days back when he he was younger, right? I, I think it was the, the 50s and 60s. He's a different person, but mm. he saw a vision, right? These people see a vision. They see something new as possible in the world. And if it's a big vision, if it's something that's really transformative, other people might knock it, right? 
They might say, oh, that's yeah. crazy. That'll never happen. If you look at the Wright brothers and their invention of flight, they, they were like the town's crazy people. Oh, you're never going to get that thing to fly. And yet they stand for that thing through whatever challenges, through whatever gets in their way. And, well, we've seen the results of that. And so I help people do that, become the kinds of people that can stand for their visions and actually make it a reality. Yeah. And, and that's amazing. And the, the first thing that's coming into my mind, cause I, I'm on the same wavelength as you. And I feel like I'm on that trajectory in my life. Like I want to level up to that, um, in my own way. Right. I, I, I'm not, maybe I don't invent something like the flight, uh, like, uh, airplane or the internet or, uh, you know, putting people on the moon, like Elon Musk mm-hmm. or, or Mars rather, uh, yeah. with SpaceX, but However, I can express my highest level of, um, you know, impact in the world. But a lot of people we probably already lost because they don't feel like there's any connection between them. Even though you just told the story like Martin Luther King and the Wright brothers, that there were these people who, who weren't the people, they, they weren't part of the, the, the legend that yeah. we talk about today. So can you talk a little bit about maybe for the people who are listening, who don't feel like they're on that path? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a great point. And I, I think you're, you're right. One of the reasons that we got along so well is because we're both kind of on this trajectory of growth, right? How all of these globally known leaders started out is just like you and me, just like any of your listeners, right? Just like all the humans in, in the world, they start somewhere and then they see something new as possible. And it might, might not be anything crazy. It might not be going to Mars. It might not be creating a new um, transportation method. And it doesn't have to be. The key to this whole thing, and I think part of what brought us both down to Costa Rica, was continually stepping outside of your comfort zone, right? Stepping outside of your comfort zone mm. intentionally to grow as a human. So you become capable of doing more things more effectively. And as people can even take the first step, like it, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. For me, one of the things was I was afraid of public speaking, actually. Just a, a couple of years ago, terrified me. Could not stand in front of the room, couldn't get words out of my mouth, basically froze. And so the first step I took was, well, I can go to a local speaking club Toastmasters, which I'm sure you're familiar with, and well, I'll, I'll give it a shot, right? A really small step, but it was enough of a step that it pushed me out of my comfort zone and I saw something new as possible. And then you start to see new things, new openings for action from every one of those small steps that you take. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And again, that's why I think we connected. I, I used to have a, a a dreadful fear of, of public speaking as well. And now I look, man, I, I, people offer for me to come and speak at their places for free. And I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah, sure. And I have to stop myself because I, I just don't have the time to do it uh, like that. <laughs> but it, it, now it's something I look forward to that I actually crave, even though most of my business is around one-on-one coaching and, and I love doing it, but there's nothing like getting up in, in front of a group of people and, and uh, sharing something that really makes an impact for them. But like you said, I, I was that person who froze up. I've always been the awkward kid who, as soon as like, I introduced myself in class like you would in, in say grade school or, or even college. Sometimes I can remember my heart pounding so hard while uh, the person next to me was talking about who they were. And then yeah. when I would talk, my voice would crack. Man, I can't do it yeah. anymore, but my voice would crack and I would not be able to articulate myself. And I knew that was an issue that was affecting my relationships with making friends with, um, with in my relationships with women and in my relation, if I wanted to step into uh, my highest self, step into more of a leadership position, that was something that I needed to tackle. And I'm so glad you're bringing this up because a lot of people, they may not want to, or, or at least have the vision for making some 
breakthrough that affects the world. Like you, you gave the example of the new transportation system. That's such a perfect example. But if you want to level up from where you are in your life, you're never going to be able to do it without stepping outside or stepping into rather your, your, your discomfort. And a lot of people right now, we, we talked about this before. A lot of people right now, they're so, they're like, oh, what book should I read? What YouTube video should I watch? Um, what, uh, what, what piece of information could my cognitive, can my rational mind take hold of and, you know, toss around in my brain? And, but the, but the thing is, a lot of the people who do that don't actually put it into action. They don't get results. And as a result, they, they are stuck. But they're also stuck in this pattern where they're keep, they're, they keep trying to use their rational mind to solve their problems. Um, yeah. Can you explain how you see that problem? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you two examples. I mean, we start with Martin Luther King, who was not always the Martin Luther King we remember. You know, he grew up, I, I think, it was in Montgomery, Alabama, and nobody knew him. Like, he was just another guy in Alabama. And he started taking some steps. I think one of the things he, he did was um, he protested uh, some of the transportation coincidentally in Alabama mm. and Montgomery yeah. specifically. Right. And he got arrested and he made some changes and then he ate in a restaurant that he wasn't supposed to eat at. Right. And he got arrested again and every new action he took he saw an opening for an, a new action. And not only that, but he started to build a following of people behind him, you know, up to the point where he's standing on the steps of the uh, Lincoln Memorial saying the four words that we all remember. I have a dream. And we all live inside of that future that he created right then and there. Right. So it is yeah. very much a, a process of growth and a modern example. It's funny we're talking about transportation because a good friend of mine um, has one of the Hyperloop programs in, in development here. And he's got test tracks rolling out all over the world. And for those not familiar, this is the like new generation train that travels inside of an airtight tube or a vacuum tube. Really incredible stuff. And. Years back, I knew him before we started this, he had a little, um, it was some kind of crowdsourcing platform, right? And he, he was talking to friends and a couple of people raised money through it. And then he saw, uh, I think it was Elon Musk published for how to actually create a Hyperloop. He, he created kind of an open source plan. And he, this guy, he said, oh, why don't I do something with that. So he put it on his platform and he ended up raising a couple of bucks and, and long story short, through one action after another and through more people hearing about it from him talking about it, he's up to the point today where he's had millions of dollars in, in cash and uh, materials put into this company. And I think they're set to launch the first track, I want to say later this year, right? And, and again, yeah. very incremental um, in terms of the steps but those steps start to accelerate and it becomes exponentially bigger than where you start. Yeah. And uh, I love what you're saying here because I don't know if every single person is capable of that. Maybe they are. I don't know. But every single person listening to this podcast, mm. Legendary Life, they're capable of so much more than what they think. Yeah. And a lot of us are stuck in our mind and we think that we can't make a difference in our lives or, or in our communities or our countries or, or the world because it just seems like too much. But that's not really true. And um, it just takes a leveling up and, and a willing to step into that discomfort and also the discipline to, to do the work. I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't have never been able to start my personal training business in Miami and then transition from that business just last year in 2018 to what I do now online full time had I not done that. And I'm really not only am I no one special um, in terms of talents, 
In fact, I think my major talent, Sterling, is that I've never really been naturally good at anything. So, <laughs> so a lot of people, they have like, oh, I've been, I'm so good at this. And then I try to exercise. Like, this is something I hear a lot. I'm yeah. so good at like my job, like being an attorney or being an engineer or uh, running a business, but I just, I don't, I'm not good at exercise. And for me, I'm like, wow, I've, I've sucked at everything. So I'd never had that ego to where I was unable to learn from others. I really enjoy being coached. Uh, I, I like that it's easier to get success when I have a mentor, um, you know, and, and that's part of my like laziness too. Like, I don't want to work that hard, man. Just show me, show me a plan that works and I'll do it, but I don't want to figure out on my own. I don't have that, that, I mean, I got an ego for sure, but that's not part of uh, how it shows up in my life. Um, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, I, I think it's not just having the plan, but having a plan where you have to start to do some things that you're not used to doing. That's that's the funny part about these things is a lot of us know the answers for how to level up in life, right? Like internally, we kind of know what it is already, except we start to justify, uh, no, I I don't have the right kind of body or blood type for working out or... I'm not quite ready for that or, well, it would require me getting on a stage to speak and I can't do that. I, I don't like speaking, right? But we know those things. We know by actually putting our considerations aside and doing those things, it would actually make a huge difference, like completely level up your game from wherever you are. And it's doing those things that occur as, as scary or um, intimidating or confronting in some shape or form that you're actually able to grow from those things. So I, I look for like good news to me is when I'm not good at something or something scares me that says, Oh, that's my boundary. Now I need to do that thing. Right. And it, it could be something simple. Um, I just went skydiving. I don't know. It was a couple of months ago for the first time. And I was terrified to do it. My sister invited me for her birthday and was her birthday. So I couldn't turn it down. Right. I've always thought about it. I was so scared to do it up until the point where we stepped out of the plane. And then it was the most freeing, incredible experience I've ever had. And I land on the ground. I'm like, Oh my God, that was great. You know? Yeah. Let's do it again. (laughs) Right. Right. And and the things that show up as, as scary and intimidating or however they show up, no matter at what level, right? Whether you're going skydiving or inventing the next form of transportation or anything in between, right? It, it doesn't make it any better or worse, right? I, I don't think as, as humans, oh, that's a better thing and this is a worse thing. If it's confronting to you, it's confronting to you. It's not a problem. It could be something simple. And then go do that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And um, you're, you're also bringing up something like the uh, what I look at as uh, the difference between rational fear and irrational fear. Uh-huh. So maybe doing something where, um, I don't know, doing like a, a cave scuba diving in, in, in a very like risky cave, maybe that's not something you should step into because of the high level of risk, right? True. Until you develop a very high level of skill. But for most people like this, the, what you just said, skydiving every, uh, you know, ever uh, so many people can do that mm-hmm. or doing public speaking. So many people can do that. Um, yeah. or, you know, or it could be can something you talk simple, about like calling sure. a family member that you haven't talked to in 20 years because you got in a fight, you know? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Right. Like these things can be really, really simple, but the key to it, right? Because we're talking about a bunch of different topics, like calling people, standing on stage. The key to it is that it pushes you past your comfort zone because being like who you are as a human translates, right? So who I am when I talk to my parents isn't drastically different than who I am when I'm standing on stage, which isn't drastically different from, you know, driving around the streets of LA, sitting in traffic. Now, I might put up a, a different front, like front, right? My ego might be positioned differently, but who I am as a person, what I see as possible is exactly the same. And so as you grow yourself as a person, 
and what you see as possible, that will actually translate into every aspect of your life. That's why you can go skydiving and then see new opportunities in your business. And that's why you can call the relative you haven't talked to for 20 years and then close a sales deal the next day. It's because it opens you up as a person and that stuff is, is sustainable, right? You're now a bigger person, period. I love that, man. That's powerfully stated, Sterling. And I love that you went to that example with calling up someone that you were a family member that you got into an argument with and you've been holding that grudge. And it's just been something that um, is something that you've suppressed, but it's running in the background, like kind of um, a program on on your computer that should be shut down and, and resolved, but it's not. So it's eating up RAM. It's and so yeah. so taking care of that. That's going to level you up as a person. I'm so glad you're talking about this because I know we can get into and and I want to get into this. Um, you know, some of the things that I've seen you do on your Instagram, like you went shark diving, uh, you went uh, uh, in South Africa, you you did the skydiving thing. We went to Rhythmia, which that's the idea of going to the Costa Rican jungle or and drinking ayahuasca for four days in a row. That freaks people out. And um, uh, not a lot of people are ready for that level of challenge, especially if they're still working you know, if they're still beginning, I guess, their journey with stepping into their discomfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of it's a function of how you got to this point in your life, right? Like we've all, all grown up. We made it here today, right? And things have happened, you know, big things, little things, important things, not important things, but all of those things have kind of accumulated into the person that you are today. And magic doesn't exist. So the past is the past. There's nothing we can do about that. We can't change the past. But what we can do is not be stuck looking in the rearview mirror. A lot of times we're looking back for what can we fix? What can we change? What can we adjust? When there's some really major things, like if you call that person or do that thing that scares you a little bit, it actually gets you free from those things in the past. So you can stop looking just completely in the past and look out into the future and start to create something new as possible, right? If you're always stuck pushing up against the same thing, could be uh, financial goals, business goals, health goals, whatever they are. If you're stuck pushing on those things, it's stuck because it's there's a sticking point in your past about it. And by starting to push on the comfort zone, you start looking out the front windshield and then mm -hmm. anything becomes possible. So true. And, and that's what I've experienced. Um, I think it's hard for people who haven't started that journey to, to really believe in it, but it's absolutely true. And um, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done um, and what has been the most impactful experience that you've had? You mentioned skydiving. You actually said, oh, it's one of the most powerful, or you may have even said the most powerful thing that, that you've done, which is very interesting, having come from Rhythmia not too yeah. long ago. But um, can you talk about like um, some of the things that have worked for you and, and why you decided to do them and, and what the results were? Yeah. Well, one of the most powerful things that happened to me in my life is I, I founded my first company out of college and very quickly, within about 12 months, sold it to a group in the Bay Area and went on to raise um, just huge amounts of capital. And it was really successful for a while. We were doing really well. I had a lot of money, especially on paper. And the organic growth of the business couldn't keep up with the capital needs that we had. So we ran out of money. Long story short, it went bankrupt. And I didn't know what to do, right? I, I had been spending a lot of money. So all of a sudden, I had no money. I had no job. I didn't know what to do with my life. I literally had, had no direction and I got stuck. And I looked at it as a personal failure. You know, why did I sell that company to this group that went bankrupt, right? And I had 500 different things that I did wrong because I'm a bad person, incapable of doing these things, that I 
really indulged in for a period of time. And I say it was such a great experience because I climbed out of that hole, right? Or I continued to climb the mountain, however you want to say it. And I, I did it by things like, yeah, getting up on stage at uh, a Toastmasters club and speaking to seven other people. Um, but it's it was pushing on those things that kind of takes you out of whatever hole you're in, however impactful it's been. Uh, so that that was huge. And one of the best things that I think has, has ever happened to me. Um, some of the other, yeah, skydiving is <laughs> really awesome. I'm still scared of it, although not as scared. I, I would do it again. And what, what happens is, you know, you, you suit up, you sign 15 different disclaimers saying you're doing it on your own accord and you get up in the plane. And well, of course, I'm going tandem because I haven't been before. And the guy straps on my back and and you jump out. And all the fear, all the worry, all the things that I was just thinking about go out the window because, well, I'm living, right? I'm not, I'm not worried about yeah. what I did before. I'm not worried. Did I sign the disclaimer, right? I'm actually not even worried if the chute's going to open because you're so in the moment. You're just looking at this incredible view of the world from 15,000 feet up completely free falling. And wow. one of the more thankful things um, when the shoot opened was like, oh yeah, like that <laughs> kept me so present that I wasn't thinking about what was going to happen tomorrow or the pictures I might get from it or how, uh, how scared I was of it previously. Right. It, it kind of um, sucks everything out of the past and the future. And you're just there. And when I landed or when I started to kind of crawl out of this business hole that I was in, oh, God, what was that, like 15 years ago, whenever it was, is you see new things as possible from that point. When you free yourself from how things are supposed to be, how you're supposed to be, what you've done, haven't done, um, where you should be, what should happen, how other people should be. When you can look at the world so clearly without those things in the way, you can start to create some new possibilities for yourself, like right then and there. And it, it was actually right after skydiving that I said, okay, I'm going to Rhythmia, right? Something new was possible for me. And what's important, I know we've talked about this a little bit, Ted, is when you're kind of in that moment, right, you've done the thing you're scared of. And you're all lit up and you're excited and you're in the moment is look out into, well, what's next and start making some plans for that, right? Because the possibility will fade, right? The day after I went skydiving, it was a memory, right? I wasn't in the experience of skydiving anymore. So as you have these things, you can step out of it and then start to make some new plans, where else are you going to get uncomfortable? Where else are you going to push the, the fold? I don't know if I answered your question there, but there's a couple of things. Uh, absolutely. And um, no, you're bringing up something so important and, and something that, that we should uh, talk about because, like you said, that experience of skydiving, I, I can only imagine. I really need to, to, to get that done because I've, I've had the chance to do it. I just for whatever reason, just, uh, didn't go do it. Um, yeah. but you're in the experience, you're feeling it. And then it makes a, a, a profound impact on how you feel about your limitations, how you feel about, um, you know, what you're currently up against the obstacles you're facing, the opportunities that you have in the world. And if you don't take action and follow up on those things, it fades away and nothing happens. And I see that happen with a lot of people. So they're not jumping, at least a lot of the people that I know, they're not jumping regularly out of airplanes, <laughs> but they're attending seminars or yeah. even listening to this podcast. So many people will be driving to work, listening to this podcast, and, and they're doing this right now. There's a person listening right now on their way to work and they're getting pumped up by this conversation. It's a real conversation. Like you mentioned, uh, when you do these media things, they, you, they give you five minutes to, to make a profound impact. But this is a real conversation between, you know, two people who are um, 
committed to, to helping others and they're feeling it and they feel pumped up. They feel inspired, but then they get to work and then get start. They, they get sucked into their day. They get sucked into the minutia of yeah. what they have to do. And they don't really do anything different. And that feeling starts to fade, but then tomorrow they'll listen to another podcast and go to work. And then the same thing will happen. And like you and I mentioned about our experience at Rhythmia is all about the follow-up. Um, and I've been talking about it. It was such a profound experience. And one of the most profound things actually was not any of the things that I think I've mentioned yet, but it's the connections that I've made. Like you and I were talking because of that experience. Um, you and I were talking about getting together in person again. We're talking about, um, doing things together and that would have never happened without that follow-up. And you and I followed up very quickly, actually. And I followed up with other people very quickly. But I think people don't get that. They expect like, boom, the seminar um, that they attend, the Tony Robbins seminar or the podcast they listen to. And they get those feel good, th those feelings, the neurotransmitters get released, right? Yeah. But if you don't take action on it, if you don't follow up with it, nothing much changes in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the feelings get dismissed, right? Like, oh, I feel really good or I feel really bad, but you just maybe note it. Maybe you don't even note it. But those feelings are actually a result of your context or kind of your view of the world, right? It's another way of saying, what do you see as possible or what do you see as not possible? And so what you bring up is genius. When you're having those feelings or the epiphany or you get lit up or you get excited or your heart rate starts beating a little faster. Like what I do and what I recommend everybody does is in those moments, take some action that's going to make a difference or calls you in to a future that you want. So it could be just calendaring some time to, you know, lay out your fitness plan. It could be, Oh, um, I'm going to email Ted when I get home and you put that on your calendar. Or it could be calling the person you won't, don't want to call. Oh, you know, I had a thought. I haven't talked to my brother in 15 years. Oh, well, pause the podcast. Call him right now if you're lit up by that. You know, because what will happen is it fades. It fades very quickly. And it's actually not the feeling that we're seeking. We're seeking the results, right? We want the successful Absolutely. business. We want the whole family. We want the human growth. And we're only going to get those results if we're actually taking the actions, which are opened up much easier. And we're way more likely to do them when we see new possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I also want to share this really quick. So yeah. after our experience at Rhythmia, I was so profoundly moved by what we experienced there mm -hmm. and the connections I experienced there. And I began, I, I wanted to be objective about it because I know it's not a magic bullet. I know it's not the pana, uh, panacea, right? Or panacea, however you, however you say that word. Yeah. I, I wanted to see like, okay, where's an example of someone who this didn't really do much for? And I found it on a documentary and the guy kept going to these ayahuasca experiences and he would come back. He, he had relationships, uh, I'm sorry issues with his relationship with his wife, with his, um, uh, child mm. and, uh, you know, being the best father, being the best husband and really stepping into that role as he should. Mm. And it was interesting to see because what would happen And the, they interviewed his wife and she said, Oh, he would go and then he would come back and he would be so open and he would be, um, you know, a lot of the things that he was doing that would irritate me or cause stress, he would stop doing them and he, he was so open about it and talking, but then he would slide back into the person he used to be and then he would go for another experience. And even though that's an ayahuasca experience, that's the same thing that I just described with the person driving to work, listening to a podcast. That's the same experience that a lot of people get who are seminar junkies or New York Times bestselling book uh, reading junkies, right? Mm. And it's just, there. there is no 
shortcut uh, to do the work afterwards. And I think it's such an important point that's <laughs> that's worth mentioning again, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's um, kind of an art and science to these things. And the art is a lot of what we've been talking about, right? When you, you have that emotion, you see something new as possible, then you can start taking some new actions, which is more the science. Because if you start taking more new actions or more actions, period, well, physics will tell you, you will get more results. So um, I'll give you an example. I, I teach a class on pitching and, and presenting for really uh, high power entrepreneurs that maybe raised a little bit of money, but are looking to, again, level up. And we put them through a, a four-day program where uh, we look at their business model and their planning, and we purposefully do things that are a little bit confronting. Not anything too crazy, but you know, one of the things we do is put them on camera in the front of the room with everybody watching, and then we play it back to them so they can see themselves. Yeah, it's nice. a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Like you, yeah. you got to look at yourself and it gives you a little goosebumps, baby. You're like, oh, I don't really want to do that. And, and that's, that's the point. Uh, and one of the entrepreneurs we had coming through, oh, it was probably six months ago now, he was really intimidated by it. Right? It's not uncommon. But he got super uncomfortable, and uh, we went through the process a whole bunch. I have to give him a lot of credit because he stuck with it, right? But towards the yeah. end, when he could actually see himself getting better, right? Like he stayed with the discomfort time after time, and he could see himself getting better, right? Very specifically, because he could see himself on the TV screen. He's like, wow, I'm better than two days ago, right? Pat yourself on the back. And then he started to see some new things as possible in his business. He's like, oh. Well, I was only going to raise, you know, $100,000 from friends and family. But now I, I think there's more potential here, right? I'm really selling myself short. I want to raise a million bucks. And this guy inside of three months, right, with the new possibility he had right then and there, he started sending emails to people literally in the classroom, right? I'd be like, pay attention. We're still talking about things. You're not done yet, you know? But he's sending emails yeah. to people right then and there. And I've, I've kept in touch with him. And I think last I heard, he had raised $980,000, right? That's Not amazing. Way yeah. beyond what he was shooting for. And made such a difference for him because he had those two pieces, right? He had some feelings. First, he had the discomfort. Then he broke through it. He took some of those actions. And then he got the result. I love that, man. And thanks for sharing a story, especially of uh, something that you've that you've helped facilitate. Um, because yeah, it's it's just we need to hear these stories more. We need to hear the story of the person who is is struggling with an idea or with something that they need to do, and then they do something completely counterintuitive, like. Mm -hmm being recorded, doing a pitch. And then that leads to a breakthrough because so often that's how it happens. There's a great book called trying not to try. I want to get the mm. author on, um, on the show. And what he says is like, you need to be, it, it, you need to be counterintuitive about the way you go about things because if he had just said, Oh, I got to try to raise this money. I got to try to raise this money. What, you know, when we try too hard, it causes more anxiety. And mm. that comes across as desperation. When we reach out to people, when we communicate with people, and nobody likes desperation, whether it's in dating or business or friend friendships, you know, yeah. nobody likes that. But when you do something that levels your, 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 your mindset up and, and fills you with those feel-good chemicals and mm. your brain's firing in a different way, that's when the breakthroughs happen. And it doesn't yeah. come by using more willpower or just trying harder. It's usually the worst thing that you can do. You've got to find something to cause that state change. Um, and, yeah. and Sterling, I, I, I want to ask you about this, man. Mm -hmm. I had a conversation the other day and um, this person kind of challenged uh, something that we're talking about here and something that I believe. You know, mm -hmm. we're talking about all these actions 
And what she was saying, and, I, and I'm really curious to hear your opinion on this, yeah. is that she likes to work with the beliefs of a person and not necessarily the actions. So instead of sitting that person down, like the, the example you just gave, and, um, and, and recording them and then him seeing himself get better and that leading to some breakthrough, she would sit down at least as well as I understand her method, but she would work on the belief system involved. So a very like, uh, cold cognition, uh, working on the rational mind. Um, mm-hmm. even though I guess there's some emotions tied up in those beliefs for sure. But when we articulate our beliefs in language, that's something that our prefrontal cortex is, is a part of, right? It's mm-hmm. part of that, the part of the brain that is, is the newest part. Um, what do you think about it, it, What do you think about that? What do you think about, um, maybe, a more rational approach to changing your beliefs. Have you ever seen that work? Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on what I just said? Yeah, it is very interesting. Is it like a form of hypnosis or something? Or I'm not exactly sure, to be honest. And and who would have helped if I would have had more, <laughs> more background <laughs> yeah. for yeah, sure? No, no ask, you're like, can you give me some more details here? So, but so it was very clear what I that do. it was dealing with. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go for it. No worries. I was, I was going to say, I totally agree with your belief system is driving your actions. That's true. Me too. Right. Um, I don't think you can effectively one, find those things and two, solve them without some new actions, right? At least in meaningful ways, it might be a little bit better. You might feel a little different, but what I'm always looking for is what's the fastest, most efficient, effective way to get there, right? How do we hack that? So if we can find those things that are confronting in our lives, right, that's important, in our lives, not in theory, not like, oh, I'm afraid to go skydiving. I'm afraid to go um, stand up in the front of a room and speak. That's theoretical until you get there, right? Until you're taken off Mm -hmm. in that airplane or they say, you know, welcome Sterling Hawkins to the stage until that point. You actually haven't hit that barrier yet. And by crossing that barrier in your life, right, that real physical comfort zone, stepping outside of that. And a lot of us know what that feels like, right? That'll either make us angry or scared or nervous or upset. It's very triggering. But at the same time, as you can step beyond that inside of action, then you're going to start to see some new things, right? So you find the belief and then you can overcome it. Now, the key is it can't be too big, right? It can't be so uh, intimidating or confronting that you actually can't do it. And that, that can happen, right? Um, even in my early yeah. days of speaking, like I had to go to three Toastmaster meetings before I had enough courage to get up in there and say something because I was terrified. terrified. It was debilitating. So the key is to find a thing that's really just a step beyond the comfort zone, but not 10 steps beyond. So I, I agree yeah. with a, a lot of the methodology. I, I like what she's doing, but I do think it does take action. Yeah. And I, you, you're bringing up a really good point. And, and first, I love what you're saying because it's something that, um, you know, I, I've got to, I've got to turn you on to Stephen Kotler and Jamie wheel because they talk yeah. about flow states and, and, mm-hmm. and being on that edge. But if you're too, if you're too beyond your edge, if you're too, or if you're overreaching, it just shuts you down. You can't even do it. Like if st- yeah. skydiving, you're you don't you're the person who gets <laughs> left behind in the plane and <laughs> until it lands because it just it was way too much. Um, so right. you got to find that. Um, but I love what you're saying about it needs to trigger that emotion, and you don't know until it gets triggered. It's all just. You're just thinking about it. You've got to feel the fear and then yeah. do it anyway. To use that yeah. book title and, and I guess cliche, you have to actually <laughs> feel it and overcome it. And if you don't do that, um, it, it's just theory, right? Yeah. And yeah. I love what it, it, I want to give a personal example because Giselle and I went ziplining in mm-hmm. Mexico and um, it was boring to me. I, I mean, it was okay. It was better than 
you know, just walking around, but it was like, even though it was really high for me, the challenge was actually walking. Cause I get a little, little sketchy with heights mm. for me. The challenge was walking up to the, um, walking up to the, the hundred foot high zip line, uh, place. But once they strap me in, cause I don't really have a fear of heights. I have a fear of falling, mm. but if I'm strapped in and I feel secure, you can hang me off the side of a building. I'm not going to be worried about it. Right. You can, yeah. a, a very tall, the empire state building, you can hang me off of it. I'm, I'm going to be okay there as mm. long as I feel a hundred percent secure. But if you ask me to look over a balcony, that's say, you know, uh, a hundred feet in the air, man, I feel like, Oh, um, like what, maybe this balcony rail gives out or something. So, um, but for Giselle, the zip lining, it really worked for her. Mm. And I'd love for you to, if you could, um, I'm sure people listening right now, they have some ideas in their mind about where they're stuck or what triggers emotions when they even think about certain things. But what would you recommend a person to do to, to take inventory, to figure out what things they should go after, how to figure out what are the things that are, they're actually afraid of? And, and is there a priority to it or yeah. is there something they should do first? Yeah, it, it, it's a great question. And the kind of caution here is not to overthink it. Right. We don't want this to turn into an exercise of, oh, my God, I got to list out where all my constraints are in my life. And I'm going to do that Tuesday night and Tuesday night comes and it's too much work. Right. This doesn't have to be some master Excel sheet. It can just be one thing. Right. It's just getting started because that one thing is going to lead to a whole variety of others. It's it's the first step in in the staircase. And I actually don't think it needs to necessarily be prioritized. It's just one thing that probably occurs as something you don't want to do, right? Like it's really simple. What's, what's something that you know you probably should do, but you're not doing and do that thing. It, it could be calling somebody. It, it could be speaking. It, it could be sending an email, um, like we keep talking about, it does not have to be some significant event, right? It does not validate it or invalidate it either way. What matters is that you bump up against it and then do it. I love that answer because I get into the trap of overcomplicating things sometimes. And to be honest, I don't like to do lists and things like that. I like to be very spontaneous. So, um, Thanks so much for that answer, man, because it's perfect. And I think a lot of people listening, we've got a lot of engineers who listen, a lot of entrepreneurs who are already over analytical and up in their head. Mm-hmm. And the answer you gave was just perfect. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's true. And I, I take the same uh, advice myself because I can be very analytical and strategic about things, right? Like I want to look at the spreadsheets and the numbers and that stuff's really important. Right. Like, I I don't want to say don't look at that stuff or don't do that. Definitely have that as a component, especially in your businesses. Right. You got to look at the financials. You got to look at the the day to day metrics that you're running your business on. And there's probably one thing you can do today. Just one thing. They'll step you out beyond that. So I'll, I'll do that. I'll sit down in the morning and I, you know, tell friends or, or people I'm uh, doing some coaching with to do the same is just wake up and think of one thing that's going to make you uncomfortable today and then do it. It, it could be something even as small as wearing something different, right? It can be really simple, but they add up. They all add up to growth uh, because you keep adding these things up over time. It becomes an exponential function. Let me ask you one question. One more yeah. question. Yeah. Is there ever a time where we stop leveling up? Where is there ever a time where we don't have to take this path and, and keep growing and, and keep stepping into our discomfort? I, I don't think so. Right. And I, I actually hope that there's not for, for all of us. Right. Because, <laughs> because when we get to that point, right, we're like, up. Oh, I've arrived. I've, I've become the person I want to be. I know everything that I've wanted to know. I've done the things that I wanted to do. 
well, then you're done. Like, what's the future that you're living into? And if we're living into a future of growth, of there's always that next thing, you're always pushing the boundary. Yeah, it looks different today than it does tomorrow, than it looks, you know, 30 years from now, certainly, right? But if we're not looking out the front windshield and looking ahead of where we're going and continuing to grow as people, we um, go into autopilot. And autopilot is survival, where you're fixing, adjusting, changing, and then you get stuck. Yeah. So well said, man. Well, Sterling, it's been such an honor and a pleasure having you on the show. I know it's going to be one of many interviews that we do. I can't wait to, to visit you in LA and, uh, and, and do your show and, uh, you know, just see, just see how our relationship evolves together. And maybe we end up, um, putting something on together, offering something together, because I just feel a, a really deep connection with you and, and what you're about. And I love how you're helping people level up and, and it's something that I'm so passionate about. So man, I just, you know, I'm, I'm super excited, super stoked to have you on today. Yeah, me too. Thank you. We, we could skip LA. I'll come over to Thailand and visit you, but yeah, I'm fired up for all of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just had Josh Trent over here, uh, wellness force radio and had an amazing time. Would love to, would love to see that happen. Um, well, listen, man, you and I, we could keep talking forever. It's so easy and we usually do, (laughs) uh, but I want to send people to where they can find more about you. So, uh, if you're interested in learning about Sterling, if you have a company and you like either him to speak at it or to do one of his trainings, if you want to level up, you want to go to sterlinghawkins.com. That's S-T-E-R-I, oh, I'm sorry, S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G. Hawkins is H-A-W-K-I-N-S.com, sterlinghawkins.com. And also find him on Instagram um, by the same name. And I will have both of those in the show notes. And Sterling, is there anywhere else that you want people to connect with you? No, that's fantastic. I, I have the luxury of having a name that not too many other people have. So I'm very Googleable. Um, and I, I'd love to connect with with any of your listeners. I actually do speak and run some of these workshops in different places around the world. So wherever you are, uh, love to you know meet you, hear about some of the steps you've taken beyond your comfort zone, and you know go from there. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Well, Sterling, it's been again such a pleasure, and I can't wait until next time. That wraps up another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast, and I hope you got a lot out of today's episode. It's so important what Sterling was talking about. We have to step into that discomfort in our lives. That's that's the main point. We've got to identify those things that truly make us feel uncomfortable, not on paper, not theoretically, but cause that visceral reaction, that visceral emotional reaction. And we need to step into that. And of course, you need to separate the rational fear from the irrational fear. I mean, we don't want you uh, doing any of those stunts like if you've seen some of those those Russian um, parkour guys jumping from tall building to tall building and recording it and putting up on YouTube and it makes your hand sweat just to just to watch it that's not what we're talking about here maybe for that that's maybe for them rather that's something that's what they need to do to the go to the next level for me and most likely you you don't need to do that. Start looking for the conversations that you're avoiding having in your career or business or in your personal life. Start looking for those people that you haven't reached out to in a while. Start looking for the things that get you triggered and uh, make you want to say no, like, ooh, that's uncomfortable. I want to stay away from that. And then find a way to take action on it. That is the message of this episode. And it's so simple, but people don't do it. And speaking of getting uncomfortable, if you are not getting the results that you currently 
want in your health and nutrition program. If you feel like you're hopping around from workout to workout, from nutrition plan to nutrition plan, then what I want you to do is check out my masterclass at legendarylifepodcast.com slash free. That's legendarylifepodcast.com slash free and sign up now. You are going to get crystal clear on what you need to do to take your health to the next level so that you can stop being comfortable doing the same patterns that you do every single year where you're hopping from new best-selling diet book to new best-selling diet book, from new workout to new workout, from hopping from the newest, most hottest class like SoulCycle into doing the things, the foundational the foundational principles, the, the things that are based on these principles that work for everybody and give people consistent results. You're gonna learn that all in my masterclass and more. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you have an amazing week and I'll speak to you soon.